This is Evidence-Based GI, and I'm Philip Schoenfeld, Editor-in-Chief. Today, we'll be discussing the appropriate approach to tumor-based screening for Lynch syndrome among patients diagnosed with colorectal cancer. With us today is Dr. Swati Patel of the University of Colorado Anschutz Medical Center, and she'll be discussing her summary of a recent publication in the American Journal of Gastroenterology about a Canadian provincial screening program for Lynch syndrome. So, welcome, Dr. Patel, and tell us a little bit about why this is an important topic. Thanks, Dr. Schoenfeld, for having me. As we all know, Lynch syndrome is the most common hereditary GI cancer syndrome, and it affects approximately 1 in 279 individuals. It accounts for up to 5% of all colon cancers, and it also increases the risk of multiple other cancers. The good news is we have very effective screening and prevention strategies, whether that's colonoscopy, risk reduction surgery, even chemo prevention. But the bad news is that it's grossly underdiagnosed. Recent estimates suggest that less than 10% of Lynch syndrome patients in the United States even know that they have this diagnosis. And so there's been a consensus in the field uh, to improve the diagnosis of these patients. We should be screening all patients that are diagnosed with colon cancer for Lynch syndrome. So that is what the U.S. Multi-Society Task Force recommends, the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, as well as our uh, pathology societies. So how can we screen all colon cancers for Lynch syndrome? Well, we can leverage the biology of Lynch syndrome by basically seeing whether the tumor has the presence or absence of a mismatch repair protein. Because Lynch syndrome is caused by a germline mutation in these mismatch repair genes. And so if a patient has a germline mutation, then their tumor theoretically would have absence of the protein product of that gene. And so we have the ability to screen tumors for absence of mismatch repair proteins using immunohistochemistry. And so in the United States, we recommend that all tumors be screened for Lynch syndrome by doing immunohistochemistry. And this study specifically looked at the efficacy of doing so in a population of patients under 70 in Manitoba. I think there are a couple of really important points to emphasize to our listeners. In the U.S., all specimens that are diagnosed by the pathologist as as being colorectal cancer should get sent for immunohistochemistry, protein evaluation, or microsatellite instability evaluation to assess for deficient MMR proteins and, and to make the diagnosis of Lynch syndrome. And that's important even before they go to surgery, because if they're diagnosed with Lynch syndrome, it might have some impact on what happens. So that's something that as gastroenterologists, we want to make sure we're working with our pathologists to ensure gets done. Although in the study that we're talking about in Canada, they were only doing it for people under the age of 70. The current guidance in the U.S. is that we should be doing it for everybody. So given that, what exactly did the investigators do in this study? So this was a retrospective population-based cohort of the province of Manitoba. And they essentially included all patients diagnosed with colon cancer ages 18 to 70 based on pathology records. And it's a fairly contemporary study where patients were included from 2018 to 2020. 
Manitoba, as a health system, implemented a universal tumor screening back in 2013. In 2017, they essentially protocolized it such that they essentially required the pathologist who read the cancer diagnosis to automatically order immunohistochemistry for mismatch repair proteins. And that pathologist who basically was diagnosing that cancer was also responsible for interpreting the immunohistochemistry and then placing a referral for those who had absence of mismatch repair proteins and would benefit from genetic counseling and genetic testing, that pathologist was responsible for placing a referral to their program for genetics and metabolism. Now, all the immunohistochemistry was actually centrally read by eight pathologists. And so there was some standardization on how this was read and kind of a uniformity in how the referrals were placed. And all of the patients referred were seen by providers within their program of genetics and metabolism and were basically offered appropriate genetic counseling, genetic testing, if patients agreed. And then what's really interesting and unique compared to the way we provide care in the United States is that anyone who was identified with a germline pathogenic variant, we know that Lynch syndrome is an autosomal dominant condition and therefore first-degree relatives have a 50% chance of also having that variant. In this program, first-degree relatives were essentially offered free genetic counseling and genetic testing if they lived within the Manitoba province as part of this study. So so essentially, this is a audit study to assess compliance with their program for Lynch syndrome, meaning making sure that everybody with a colon cancer under the age of 70, that the pathologists did the appropriate testing, and if they diagnose Lynch syndrome, seeing how often the pathologist referred them to a genetic counselor, how often the patient actually went to the genetic counselor, and then looking at whether or not the first degree relatives were offered a visit to the genetic counselor and whether or not they attended, which is the first step in determining what you can do to improve compliance with this kind of a uh, multifaceted program. So what did they find? Yeah, that's exactly a, a really, really good point. This was an, a program that's already in place. And so it was essentially reporting pragmatically how compliant each you know step of the process, how effective each step of the process was. Outcomes that they were interested in were the number of patients with colon cancer that actually had immunohistochemistry done, as you said, the proportion that had abnormal screening that were actually referred to the genetics group, of those who were referred, how many actually showed up for that genetics appointment? And then the proportion of individuals who had genetic testing, how many were diagnosed with the syndrome, and then how many of their family members actually completed genetic testing as well. So they essentially were able to include over 1,600 patients diagnosed with colon cancer. Approximately 936 were eligible for the IHC screening. And what was really remarkable is that in this real-world audit of their program, 88% of eligible specimens were actually effectively screened for Lynch syndrome. About half of these were based on that initial biopsy specimen. So as a gastroenterologist, where we diagnose the colon cancer and get biopsies and send those to the pathologist, about half of the MMR was done on the biopsy specimen, whereas an additional 35% were done on the surgical resection specimen and 5% on both. And of the 58 patients who had abnormal mismatch repair proteins on their screening. 53% were referred 
to uh, genetics appropriately uh, by their pathologist, an additional 22% were referred by another physician. And so essentially what we what we saw is that 75% of the abnormal screens were appropriately referred to, to genetic counseling and genetic testing. 84% of the people referred took them up on the appointment and actually showed up for their genetics appointment. And almost 90% of the patients who went to the genetics appointment underwent genetic testing. So really, at every step of the way, there's fairly high uptake of each referral and each service that that's recommended. They ended up diagnosing 13 patients with Lynch syndrome due to a pathogenic variant. Uh, so that's approximately 40% genetic testing positivity rate of all the screens uh, that were sent their way. And they found that of the first degree family members living in Manitoba that they were able to reach, a little bit more disappointing was that only 21% actually went for genetic testing and completed the genetic testing. And when they looked back at predictors of, okay, we overall did pretty well at getting all these colon cancer specimens screened for Lynch syndrome. And there's a little bit of drop off at each level, but most patients kind of made their way through the system. When they looked at predictors of not completing the screening, the single most strong predictor was the individual pathologist. So the individual pathologist that was responsible for actually triggering the order and following the patient through that process was the strongest predictor of whether a patient actually made their way through and completed genetic testing if needed. Which is interesting. It basically says, if you've got an individual pathologist who's invested in this program and, and follows the guidance and makes sure that the proper steps get done, there's a high likelihood of adherence the rest of the way through the program. What do you actually do in your practice? Because, you know, obviously the people in Manitoba can take this data they can do different interventions to get the pathologists and the gastroenterologists to do a better job ensuring that appropriate testing gets done. But in your own practice, when you diagnose colon cancer, you know, what do you do with that patient and with follow-up because to make sure they don't have a inherited colorectal cancer disorder? Yeah, I, you know, my strong recommendation in my personal practice is that I recommend that all patients diagnosed with colorectal cancer undergo thorough hereditary risk assessment with collection of multi-generation family history uh, and referral to, to genetic counseling to facilitate doing so. Um, and that genetic counselor can really assist in interpreting, you know, tumor-based testing results if they haven't been completed, initiating that by coordinating with the clinicians that are caring for the patient. And then really inform whether genetic testing results might change management. Because one of the things that was shown in the study is that although the uptake rates were quite high at every step of the way, as you mentioned, actually a significant proportion of the tumor-based screening was done on resection specimens. And so, you know, I think that still, you know, is an opportunity to bring that even one step, you know, proximal and do that earlier. Because we know that patients with Lynch syndrome, our current recommendations are to at least discuss a more extended colectomy, given the risk of a second colon cancer down the line. And so obviously if we're doing you know, NMR testing on a resection specimen, that patient has lost that opportunity. And so I strongly believe in my practice that it's important to get this step started right at the time of diagnosis. And so all patients diagnosed with colon cancer, I do a thorough hereditary risk assessment and partner with my genetic counseling uh, colleagues to help do that and kind of navigate the patient through that process. 
And that's that's really important because we're essentially saying when I take biopsies from a specimen that we can tell is a colon cancer, make sure the pathologist is doing the MSI or, or IHC testing and referring the patient right then to a genetics counselor because then it's not our job as the GI doc to do it, but the genetics counselor who's properly trained can do an extensive family history, will be able to review the results from that IHC or MSI microsatellite instability testing. And then based on the results can also discuss with the patient whether or not to do multi-panel germline testing, which maybe you can define for our listeners a little more. Sure. We know that up to 5% of all colon cancers are caused by Lynch syndrome. However, there are other hereditary syndromes that can increase risk of colorectal cancer such as polyposis syndromes, uh, meet YH-associated polyposis, for instance, as well as other hereditary predispositions that we're now recognizing. And so our, our standard of care in the United States, actually, is to offer multi-gene panel testing that, of course, includes the Lynch syndrome genes, but these other genes that have clearly been associated with colorectal cancer risk. And so, as you said, the advantage of really getting your genetic counseling colleagues involved up front is that they can then make a shared decision with their patient about offering Lynch syndrome risk assessment, but then also discussing some of these other hereditary predispositions and including that in the genetic evaluation if appropriate. And I think the other, you know, this is a really, really impressive study, but the other kind of caution when we try to generalize this to, to our practice is that Manitoba is a, a health system, and it is a completely fundamentally different method of providing care than, than we do in the United States. And so, you know, this health system is incredibly impressive in its ability to mandate that pathologists play a central role in ordering clinical testing and making referrals to genetics. That's just not how, you know, we practice here in, in the United States. And so it does sometimes feel like an extra burden to the gastroenterologist who diagnoses the cancer or the surgeon or the oncologist. And I think that's part of why there's suboptimal uptake of universal tumor testing in the United States is that there's a bit of a diffusion of responsibility. And so I think partnering with genetic counseling right up front really helps relieve some of that burden so that then you have somebody who's focused on the hereditary risk assessment, navigating the patient along the spectrum of care so that the gastroenterologist isn't necessarily you know, responsible for closing the loop on all these things as the patient is trying to get their cancer treated. Right. And that's so crucial because, as you said at the beginning, both Lynch syndrome and other hereditary colorectal cancer disorders are so underdiagnosed based on our best available data. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Patel, and we look forward to talking with you in the future. Thanks, Dr. Schoenfeld. Mm-hmm.